This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're celebrating the, the death and the resurrection of Christ. And for those who don't know, if Jesus isn't risen from the dead, we can all go home. There, there is no Christianity. There, our religion, our belief system is dead. Everything hinges on the resurrection of Christ. Amen? And so, you know, there are a lot of arguments from people who don't want to believe. You know, trying to, to, to prove that Jesus isn't risen from the dead. And so one of the best arguments, brilliant argument against the resurrection of Christ, is that it's a hoax. That the disciples made it up. They were like, hey guys, let's, you know, let's, let's make this whole thing up until the world is risen. And so just to, yeah, to, to, uh, I'm going to show you a video clip. It's a very serious video clip to sort of unpack how strong that argument is that it's a hoax. It's a very strong argument. Okay. Let's play. I need 100% participation for this to work. Yeah, everyone's here. All 12, 11, 11 of us. Uh, what's the plan? Well, as you know, Jesus is dead. But stick with me, stick with me, okay? Stick with me. I have a plan. We are going to steal his body. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm tracking with you. What's next? And then... We're going to tell the whole world that you rose from the dead. Oh, 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 you know I'm in. I love it already. <laughs> all right. Classic. Classic. Then what? And then we're all going to get brutally murdered. Oh! Wait, wait, wait. Come again. Come again. Could you go over that last part real, real quick? Oh, what? We get murdered. What's the problem? Uh... I like it. I like it. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, Peach. I love me a good hoax as much as the next guy, right? Right? Uh, uh, what's in it for us? Do we all get riches, fame, and fortune first? Right? No, no. Get this. You're going to be hated, hated, persecuted, and reviled for the rest of your life. Oh! Okay, guys. Fellas, fellas, uh, look, uh, I, I, I gotta be missing something here, right? Okay? I mean, why on earth would we do this? Can, can we start over? Oh, okay. We'll start from the beginning. Everybody, for John, yeah. the beloved disciple. So, okay. We go down to Jesus' tomb. It sounds good. It's yeah. really yeah. easy. Then... We pay off the Roman soldiers that are guarding the tomb with their lives. Why, why would they do that? Then we somehow roll away the big stone that's in front of the tomb. Obviously, you have to move the rock first. Yeah. And then we steal his body. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess. Then we tell the whole world that he rose from the dead and we get brutally murdered for our troubles. <laughs> Epic prank, bro. Peter, you rock. Then we all get killed. Come on. When do we see ourselves become exalted and praised? That's just it. You don't. What what is happening? Anyone hear what I'm saying? This is the most idiotic plan of all time. Chill out, bro. I mean, do I really have to explain the joke to you? It's that we lie about Jesus' resurrection, and then we all die. Oh! How am I supposed to chill out when our heads are getting cut off? Or worse, what is wrong with you guys? Thomas! Okay, look, back me up here. I know you can't be cool with all this. I know you got to have some doubts. Come on. Doubts? I will never have any doubts! Okay, okay, you guys have officially lost 
lost it, okay? I am out of here. I, I'd rather be exiled to a deserted island than spend another minute with you wackos. Have I got some good news for you. <laughs> okay, so that was a joke. It was a joke, okay? It just reveals how silly an argument it is to say that these guys would make up a, a, these stories that Jesus risen and then die for this false, for this hoax. Okay. At least it's better than my burp video that I showed a month or two ago. <laughs> okay, so the, the, the disciples proved the resurrection of Christ with their own blood, with being willing to die for the message that they, that they preached. So I want to share with you guys this morning about not the end. I want to share with you about the cross and the resurrection. How it's not only Jesus that did that for us. It wasn't only Jesus that died for us and was risen. Because he did that for us. He paid the price for our sins with his own blood. Absolutely. He's risen on the third day. That's why we have a living faith. That's why these disciples' lives were radically transformed from Friday to Sunday. And they went through the world preaching this message that Jesus is the Son of God and that he's risen from the dead. Absolutely. But there's another aspect I want to touch on the cross and the resurrection. And it is that every one of us have either been through a cross moment ourselves or there is one coming. Every one of us. In other words, there will be moments in our lives of massive disappointment. Massive failure. You prayed, it didn't happen. You asked God, you pled, you pleaded with God, said, Lord, please, I beg you to heal my dying mother or my dying friend. Jesus, please, God, show up and turn this. But it didn't happen. That's a cross moment. That's a cross moment. Every one of us go through cross moments. And that is the most defining moment of your life. Because that is the moment it could be the end. The end of your faith. The end of your hope. The end of your joy. The end of that trusting in the Lord. And I've heard so many stories. For instance, the one guy is the head of the American Skeptic Society. Head of the editor of the magazine. And his story is that he grew up a believer. Uh, was Became a student uh, at university. And he started to struggle in his faith. And at some point, I think he was 25, 26 years old, and his girlfriend was in a car accident, and she was paralyzed from the waist down. And there in the hospital, he cried out to God, Lord, heal her. And she wasn't healed. The result for him was, God doesn't exist. God's not real. Darkness Flooded into his heart, flooded into his mind, and he rejected his faith. And many of these previously believers become militant atheists, militant anti-God. Like they want to, they want to, like they live out of that place of bitterness or anger. A defining moment, a cross moment. And I want to help us this morning. Because you see, either you've had the cross moment or you're going to have a cross moment. But the question is, will it be the end? Will it be the end of your faith? And I want to say, not the end. The cross is not the end because Resurrection Sunday is coming. Amen? It's not the end. It's not the end. And I, I, want, to, I want to help us this morning to, to be anchored in who God is. And how we can, can navigate those moments when we experience a cross moment. Those disappointments. I mean, so the guys, I, th I think sometimes we forget this. That, you know, Jesus, when even, even Jesus had the cross moment. Because he went through the cross. 
in the garden of Gethsemane, he was crying out to God, he was sweating blood. On his way to the cross and on the cross, at some point, Jesus prayed, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because it seemed like he was forsaken. It seemed like God turned his back on Jesus. It seemed like he had no hope and he had no future. It seemed like everyone left him and fled. It seemed like he was God forsaken. That's a cross moment. That's a cross moment. And every one of us will come at times in our lives where we would feel like that. God, where are you? What is happening here? Lord, I prayed out. I cried out to you. Lord, I've asked you. And it's like the opposite is happening right now. That's your cross moment. That's your cross moment. It is a defining moment. It is the moment where it feels like God has forsaken you. It seems like God has forsaken you. It seems like it is the end. But it's not. It's not. Many a believer have come to those moments and they have lost their faith. They've lost their hope. They've lost their joy. They said, I'm not going to trust again. No, I'm not going to trust again. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to trust God again. And in our hearts, we just step away. We step away from who he is. We stop trusting. We stop pursuing. We stop having that bold, childlike faith. Now, the good news is resurrection is coming. Resurrection is coming. And in our society, in our culture, especially Western Christianity, it's like we want resurrection. We're like, yes, resurrection, the breakthrough, the miracle, the healing, God showing up. The Yes, in Western culture, Western Christianity, we like the resurrection. But this cross thing, we don't like it. We want to sidestep it. Yeah. We want to say, we didn't like this cross thing. It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus, you did it for us. So we don't need to do it. We don't need to go through it. But that's not how it works. He didn't only say, hey, I've done it for you. He said, hey, follow me. And basically, I'm going to lead you through the cross. There's something incredible that happens in those cross moments that we mustn't miss. If you miss it, it's going to mess up the resurrection. It's going to mess up what God is going to do. You see, if you miss the cross, when it's resurrection time, there will be corruption. If we don't go through the cross, when favor comes, ultimately failure comes. And we see this in the church world. People want to sidestep the cross. We want the resurrection. No, you can't have a resurrection without the cross. You shouldn't have the resurrection without the cross. You can't have the cross with a, you can't have a resurrection without some, something, someone dying. And we like, yeah, modern day Christians, McDonald's. 20 minutes of waiting is too long. It's too painful. I want it like under two minutes flat. Give me my burger. Now that's like Western Christianity. We want the, we want the good stuff without the pain. We want the breakthrough without paying a price. No, you need both. Come on, say it. You need both. You need both. You need both. Okay, so this is Easter weekend. So we're going to go to the cross today. Are you ready? Are you ready? We're going to go to the cross. We need to go to the cross. Uh, We want to run away from the cross. We should not run away from the cross. Your biggest breakthroughs happen there. It's not the end. It's not the end. And so for us as a church... In 2021, it was like for us, for many of us, it felt like the year of dying to self. It was our cross. It prophetically felt like our cross year. And I, I believe at this season, God is, is moving us into resurrection season. It's moving us into greater miracles, greater breakthrough, a greater measure of his presence. God is moving us into that. But... We mustn't, can't miss the cross. And so I want to remind us, if you're new to us, this will be new to you, obviously. But for some of us, this will be a reminder of what we have been through. 
You see, we, we tend to train and equip our children and the coming generations for how to be successful. We should actually be training our children and our, the coming generations for how to fail well. Because failure is the path to success. You have to go through the cross to have ultimate breakthrough. That's just how it works in life. That's the story. That's the journey. But if we have this mindset, everything is always just going to work out beautifully, perfectly like I wanted it. You're going to have the shock of your life. I, I, I realized I was naive. I was naive. Starting like 10 years ago, starting trusting God for his power and the miraculous. And the, I was like, yeah, it's, God's going to always answer our prayers. We're always going to see the miracle. It's just going to happen like we wanted it. No. Because there's a cross. There's a cross we need to go through if we want, if we want true resurrection without the corruption. So in 2021, here's a picture of uh, JP and Kim. So JP Jean-Pierre is on staff. And uh, so Kim, at the age of 33, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And she went through the whole medical process. And uh, cancer came back and she kept on fighting it. She decided she doesn't want to do the medical route again. She's going to, like chemo and things, she's going to not trust God. And... So, Easter two years ago, Friday, 2021, Friday of Easter, 2021, she died on that day. The six weeks before that, we were like, God, we're going to trust you for her healing. So the cancer spread to her neck, like she had a big lump of cancer on her neck and shoulder, to the point that she couldn't breathe anymore. She was struggling to breathe. It was Traumatic for her, for JP, for many of us around her. It was really challenging. So for five nights, we had healing meetings here just for her, 50 of us or so, praying for her. She's lying on the mattress. She's praying for her, trusting God. It's like like sometimes you can't sidestep the cross because it's like you love somebody, so you're gonna you're just going to go there. And I remember in that six weeks, before she died, I was, I, one morning I was at home and I was just, I felt so burdened. I'm like, God, what am I doing? I'm taking our whole church through a lot of pain. If this doesn't work, if you don't show up, there's going to be a lot of pain. Because we don't like the cross. We don't like death. We want to sidestep it. We want to run from it. We want to ignore it. We want to put it somewhere else. But no, love compels us, compassion compels us. And we're like, but what if Jesus shows up? And so we prayed and we contended the last week. We, as elders, went to their home and praying. And a lot of tears, a lot of pain. They went to the doctors in that week before Easter Friday. And the doctor said, you only have a few days to live. On the Friday of Easter, there was from early the morning, like 7.30 in the morning, there was a number of our members there at the house praying and worshiping, trusting for Kim to be healed. We had a doctor friend there that was looking after her and sure, just praying and trusting God for the miracle. And Kim was such an inspiration because she was like, you know, she obviously loves her daughters. She wants to be there when they get married one day. She's like, she was like, she had such faith. It's like, she was like, if I die, you raise me from the dead. It was incredible. Five minutes past three that Friday, she died. Jesus died at three o'clock on Easter Friday. And I just knew that's a prophetic picture. A prophetic picture for us as a church that this is our cross season. This is our season of dying to self. That year, I cried more in that year than I have wept in any other year of 20 plus years of ministry. I wept with JP. We cried at the funeral. And many other times I was concerned about JP because I was like, hey, he's looking off his two girls and he's, I don't know how he's going to make it. He's at our, at our staff meetings. Sometimes we're worshiping and he's just outside just weeping. Doesn't know how he's going to make it. I don't know if he's going to make it. I'm like, Lord Jesus, please. His heart, his heart, his heart. It's the defining season. This will kill him or this will mold him into your image. Lord, give him grace. And JP held on to the Lord and he stayed in community and he kept 
And I, and I remember at the memorial service, I titled the message, This is not the end of the story. This is not the end of the story. God, I don't know what the heck is going on. Because I thought we're a house of miracles. She died. The good news is that she is risen. Amen. The good news is she is arisen. She is alive in eternity, in heaven, without pain, truly. And so we need to be anchored in eternity. We need to believe that because Jesus overcame death, we do too. We're not afraid of death. We can look death in the eye and say, Jesus overcame you. We, this is not the end of the story. Life here is not the end of the story. Eternity is the continuation of the story that starts here. So we have hope. And we need to be anchored in that place so we're not afraid of death. But yo, it was painful that, that season. That, that season, so many of those who were there that Friday and around them, they, we were struggling for months. Like the hearts. Because when you come to the cross, when you come to the cross, when you come to those moments of death and disappointment and seeming failure it is it, it it hurts it's like a purifying fire that burns through your being it burns it burns and and the same time sometimes it scorches the heart it scorches our hope it scorches our faith it scorches our trust in god can we trust the lord again are we going to pray again for healing what are we going to do and i know this is not the end. And it wasn't. It wasn't the end. As many of you know the story. So sometime later. A year and a half or so later. JP on the next picture. He met Hannah. Who's been living behind, like next door to them for 10 years. But they've never met. And JP's two daughters love her. And call her mommy. And they are getting married in July. Hallelujah. Amen. And Hannah is an angel. We've, we've an addition of an extra angel in the house. But I stand amazed because not of the, the, the breakthrough is not this necessarily. The victory is the change that I see in JP. There's a depth. There's a change. You see, sometimes when you pray for a miracle and you don't see it, God is still doing a miracle. But it's inside. It is hidden. It is in the hidden depths of our being. And you can't put your finger on what changed when. But somewhere down the line, you look back and you say, I'm not the same person. And that's how I feel of what God did in 2021 in my life and Sonica's life and so many of us. It's like, we changed. We changed because we came to the cross. Cross moments. Cross moments. But so many come to the cross moment and they lose their faith. It becomes their end. And I want to help us this morning to not have it be our end. But actually to see it for what it is. To not run from, to not run from the cross, but to run to it. Hallelujah. I love this quote by Dietrich. Bonhoeffer, he was a German theologian that resisted Nazism and stood against Hitler and is ultimately killed. So this man was not afraid of the cross. And he says there, the cross is not the terrible end to an otherwise God-fearing and happy life. But it meets us at the beginning of our communion with Christ. It meets us at the beginning of our communion with Christ. It's not like one day. It's not. If you want to have a deeper relationship with Jesus, come to the cross. Come to the cross. Don't run from it. Embrace it in the presence of the Lord. Who heals us and restores us. And also burns away those things that are not of him. It's in that place we have deep, deep communion with Jesus Christ. It is beautiful. You see, you need the cross and the resurrection. Come on, say and. And the resurrection. They come together. You need both. A cross without resurrection 
is a joyless, painful, powerless existence. And parts of the body of Christ, they like cross people. We love the cross. And we're going to be morbidly depressed until Jesus comes back. That's only 50%. So yes, come to the cross. But a cross without resurrection is a joyless, painful, powerless existence. And then a resurrection without the cross leads to corruption. It leads to corruption. Favor, the favor of God upon our lives without the cross will lead to ultimate failure. And we see this in so many churches and church leaders' lives. Things blow up because they never came to the cross. They never embraced the cross. There was never that purifying fire to prepare them for the favor, to prepare them for the resurrection life. And so we should not run from the cross. We should run to the cross. We should run to it. And so Jesus says, come and follow, follow, come and follow me. Not the end. Or will it be the end of your faith? Will it be the end of your faith when you prayed and it didn't happen? When you called upon the Lord and it seemed that he has forsaken you? Will it be your end? I want to say to you, don't let your pain be in vain. Don't let your pain be in vain. Don't go through things without that pain being leveraged for the kingdom of God. So when I go through things and it feels like the enemy has stolen from me, I speak to the devil. Tell you, I'm going to take back seven times. I'm going to take back a hundred times. I'm going to, I'm coming for you. Because you've stolen from me. It seems like you won this round, but Jesus has already won the war. Amen. There's a victory in Christ. Favor without the cross leads to ultimate failure. So we need to go to the cross. We shouldn't run from it. We say, God, we embrace it. We embrace it. We embrace it. Hallelujah. So how do we make sure that it's not our end when those things happen? Four things I want to share with us. Number one, hold on to the heavenly assignment. Hold on to the heavenly assignment. You need to have a vision, a heavenly burning vision of God's plans, of God's will for your life. Because that's how it was with Jesus. It said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. In other words, Jesus saw you and me. He, 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 he went to the cross, but he didn't see the cross. He saw us on the other side of the cross. He saw us. He saw you. And that love, that compassion for us moved us, moved him to the cross and beyond. It's often been said it wasn't the nails that held him to the cross. It was his love for us. Jesus was like, if he didn't have a vision of us, he wouldn't have gone to the cross. Why would you do that? Why would you go through such indescribable pain unless there's a reason? Unless there's a cause. Unless there's love moving us. And so you need a heavenly assignment when it feels like the wheels are coming off. When it feels like you feel forsaken. You feel like God has left you. Then you need to see. Then you need to see. You say, God, no, but there is a purpose to my pain. The pain is not going to be in vain. The pain. Come and say, the pain's not going to be in vain. Amen. Amen. Don't let it be in vain. Don't allow it to kill your faith. And so we see this in Abram's life. Abram was called out of Ur of the Chaldeans. And God said, come out, come follow me. And they said, I'm going to bless the nations through your life, through your offspring. And so years later, Abram is like, I have no offspring. (laughs) But Lord, you've given your promise of offspring. Not just for having offspring, but for the sake of the nations. And at some point, God appears to him in Genesis 15. And, and God is speaking. And Abram, and they exchanging. A, he has a vision of God. And they're speaking. And Abram's like, you haven't given me a child. And so Abram's looking at plan B's, other options. And then in verse 5, it says there, Genesis 15, 5, that he brought him outside. There's God. He brought Abram outside the tent and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to them, so shall your descendants be. 
And I love that. I mean, God could just say, hey, I'm going to give you a descendant. But he doesn't. He says, come out. Come outside and look up. Those days, there wasn't a lot of cities with lights, so I'm sure the stars were bright. And he could look up and he could see this burning vision of his descendants. And so Abram could hold on to his assignment. I believe every time he left, his, every night when he went, went outside, when he felt hopeless or he felt like, oh, my faith is wavering, then he would just look up and say, but God said, God said, God said. And he would hold the burning vision before him. If you want to make it through those cross moments, you need to see the burning vision. You need to see it. I believe that those, those stars, those, those innumerable stars, for us in our context, it would be like the people on God's heart who don't know him or who are struggling. God's heart is burning. It's burning for those here in our city or all around you who don't know him. It's one thing to say, praise God, I am saved. I've given my life to Jesus. I am going to go to heaven. Wonderful. What about the rest? What about the rest? What about those around us? And I tell you, when you start living for a cause bigger than yourself, you're going to go through the cross. Because you're going to say, it's worth it. Pain is not going to be in vain. I'm going to change. I'm going to be transformed through whatever I'm going through. And Jesus will be glorified through my life, through your life. But you have to have the assignment. You have to discover it and you have to hold it before you. And this is for every one of us to live for people on God's heart. Amen. We all have people around us. Live to see them touched by his love. So the first thing is, we need to hold on to that heavenly vision, that heavenly assignment. Are you living for something bigger than yourself? If you're not, you're going to sidestep the cross. If you're not, you're going to meet your faith end at the cross. Find the bigger assignment. Number two, trust in God no matter what. I love how some of the speakers said last week, God is good. He's always good. He's only good. He's good. He's always good. He's only good. He is not the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not the author of evil in our lives. Don't accuse him. He is the one that comes to restore and heal and set free. So hold on to him. Trust in God no matter what. In the previous verse, in Genesis 15, 5 or 6, it says, And Abram believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Faith pleases God. Faith, not the miracle, because only God can do the miracle. We can't do the miracle. We can't bring the breakthrough. We can't bring resurrection life. Only he can. But he is expecting us to trust in him. And when we trust him, and he says, well done, proud of you. The win is to trust. The win isn't necessarily the miracle in the way that we wanted it. And then when we trust, we need to hold on to him. Genesis 15.1. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. So if you come to a cross moment... Disappointment, failure, it didn't pan out like you were hoping or trusting. How do you handle it? You look to the Lord for that heavenly vision. That's something that will pull you through. And then secondly, you have to trust in him with all your heart so that you can be in that place where he says, Lord, I am your shield. Where he shields you and he protects you. In that season from the Friday where Jesus dies at the cross, the trauma to the Saturday where it's just Death, there is no life. There's no life yet. Up to Sunday, when he is risen. That season, from the Friday to the resurrection, you need to trust in the Lord with all your heart. You need to hold on to him. He needs to be your shield and your exceedingly great reward. 
I'm thinking of seasons of, in my life where I was oh, really at some massive disappointments. And, and I'm looking back, I, I, at times I let go of the heavenly assignment. I was like, okay, <sighs> let that go. <laughs> Obviously nothing big is going to happen through my life or whatever. I, I, I lost the heavenly assignment. But I tell you what I never lost was my love for Jesus. Yes, it goes up and down at times, but it was like, Jesus, I love you. I have nothing outside of you. And that anchored me, kept me on track. Let your love for Jesus keep you on track. If you walk away from him, what do you have? There is no life outside of him. So you need to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Dwell in that safe place. Let him be your exceedingly great reward. And then number three. You need to embrace the purifying fire. Embrace the cross. Don't run from it. Embrace the cross. There's something beautiful that happens in it. Because it opens the way for this unseen miracle to happen. So. In Sonic and my case we we had, our son was born end of 2008 and about two years later we started to trust god for a second child and then the year started to run by like year after year after year and we had promises random strangers coming to us giving us promises about a see a little girl Blonde-haired little girl. Sonica with a blonde-haired little girl. We had promises after promises after promises. Sonica wrote it down in this booklet. So many promises. I remember about six years in of trusting for a second child. I remember the one time it, we, we thought Sonica might be pregnant. And I remember sitting in the kitchen and Sonica shared this with me. And oh, I just, we just broke down crying. Like, God, what if? Six years. Six years of trusting you, Lord. And then she wasn't pregnant. She wasn't pregnant. But the Lord had to. It was 11 years of trusting the Lord. Because we had these promises. So we would have let it go a long time ago. But we had these promises. And then when Sonica was 45 years old. She was like, we need a. She was like, I'm not Sarah. We can't go on until 95. (laughs) We have to let it go. 2021, 2021, a year of dying. Middle of that year, a few months after Kim died, Sonica was inspired by Kim's radical faith, radical trust in the Lord. And she found courage to say, we're letting it go. We're letting it go. It was, it was hard. It's weird how somebody that you've never met, never seen Feels so real to you. Wanted to call our girl Nina. So we will carry this in our hearts. This blonde haired little girl Nina. Carry this with us for 11 years. And then we had to let it go. And I was like what is this Lord? What do we do with this? How do we embrace? How do we handle? What? 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 (laughs) It's a cross. It's a cross moment. It's a cross moment where you have to lay something on the altar and say, but God, you're good. You're always good. You're only good. And we trust in you. But I tell you, 11 years of trusting, that pleased God. It pleases him. It pleases him. When we say, God, I trust you with this promise, the outcome is in your hands, God, but we trust you. I tell you, something happened in that season. I said, 2021, as we came through at some point, 2022, when we look back, we're like, we've changed. There's a depth. There's a brokenness. There's a humility. There's a like, God, we love you no matter what. The cross moment. The cross moment. It sets you up for resurrection. For resurrection life. You see sometimes. When you're trusting for an external miracle. The miracle is actually. On the inside. He's changing you. He's purifying you. He's testing you. He's changing you. 
And then we can't, we can't run away. Don't run away. And I remember the end of 2021, we had a, our first like a supernatural weekend, trusting God for miracles. It was in October 2021. And so it was Saturday morning session. Hink was preaching and he, and he shared a word about disappointment. And as he started off, like, I'm going to talk about disappointment. I'm like, we want some faithful miracles. I'm like, I don't know if this is the right message. And then as he was speaking about disappointment, the Lord pointed to me and he said, Andre, you're disappointed. Sure. 11 years of trusting. Felt like somebody died. Felt like somebody I loved died. And so I was standing in the pulpit and I was just, I was like, oh, I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling burned at the cross. I'm feeling scorched at the cross. I'm feeling like, ow, God, we trusted in you. What? And then the Lord, the Holy Spirit said to me, you tell the people. So I said it. I am so disappointed. 11 years of trusting. And I just broke down weeping. Those who were here. But I realized it was so powerful because instead of hiding it away, instead of just, I'm going to deal with my stuff on my own, the Lord is saying, hey, you need to reveal it if you want to get it healed, if you want to get it restored. You need to face the cross. You need to say, I am bitterly disappointed. You need to mourn it. You need to work through it until Jesus comes and he heals your heart. Or it will be the end of your faith. The end of your hope. The end of your joy. And bitterness will take root. And you will not trust God as you should. So you have to bring it to the Lord. So embrace the purifying fire. As John 12, 23 says. Jesus answered them saying. The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. What was the hour? The cross. Your life glorifies Jesus when you come to the cross and you keep on trusting. You keep on praising. You keep on holding to his goodness. You're like unwavering. God, this hurts like hell. But Lord, I still believe. I still trust. Glorified. Verse 24, most Yeshua say, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. It produces much grain. If it dies, cross moment, if we lay it down at his feet, trusting in him, if we, you know, like a seed that falls into the ground, Covered up. Doesn't look like anything's happening. There's no, no miracle. Eh? No, there is. Under the soil, in the heart, there's a miracle happening right there. There's a beautiful miracle happening right there. When we're in the cross, it is Friday. Jesus has died. Our vision, our dreams, our hopes has died. It's over. Saturday, it's still over. And then Sunday. Life, life floods forth, the miracle manifests, the resurrection life comes forth. 2021 was our year of dying, a season of prophetically dying. I believe we're in a season of resurrection life right now. But even if you are now in your cross season, hold on to Jesus. Allow him to restore, to heal your heart. Don't let go. There's a miracle. There's a miracle happening in you right now. Come on, say, there's a miracle happening right now. Amen. Amen. And so in our case, the promises we've received, you know, some of the ways we're looking at it is, well, we have a son. He's going to have a wife one day. We could have a a daughter-in-law. Or maybe they could have children that will be our grandchildren. Maybe we will have a a Ninaiki grandchild. And when she cries too much, we can hand back to the parents, take her home, bring her when she's fine again. (laughs) I don't know, but I know the God that we serve is a God of the generations. He, we look like now, he looks like 50 years. 
He can play things out, promises the way he wants to. We have hope. It is not the end of the story. Amen? And so we need the cross and the resurrection. We need both. We need both. The cross and the resurrection. Final story I want to share. Here's a photo of Hayden and Charmaine. So they were trusting for a child for some years. And during their infertility journey, they were contending by faith for a child. And uh, they had their first miscarriage when Charmaine was 40 years old. And then when she was 41, their son was stillborn at full term, 2021. Full term. She carried into the week after the due date. Child was born, stillborn. That's a cross moment. That's a cross moment. We did a memorial service at their home with some family. It was so painful. It was so disappointing. It was like, oh, God, how are we going to, Lord, how are you going to turn this around? Because I know you're good. You're always good. You're only good. But this doesn't feel good. And it's just amazing. Charmaine was just such an inspiration in that year. A few months, I think, after the, the boy was still born. She testified at the Ladies Awaken uh, a conference day. She testified about the goodness of God. And that she will never, never stop trusting. She will never walk away from the goodness of God. He's good. That is amazing. That is amazing. That is holding on to Jesus in the midst of the cross. So proud of her. That, that is the win. But that's not the end of the story. 17 months later, after their son was stillborn, they had another miscarriage at 42. Okay, who would be giving up at that point? Bitter, angry, God, what are you doing? (laughs) But they didn't lose hope. They kept on trusting. Five months after the miscarriage, they became pregnant with their daughter. And Charmaine gave birth at 43 to a gorgeous Charlotte Grace. In January this year. Next slide. Come on. Charlotte Grace. Come on, let's give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. You see, it's not the end of the story when God is involved. We are anchored in eternity. Our ultimate hope is in eternity. The win is to hold on to Jesus When it's a cross moment, when it's a dying moment, when it's a disappointing moment, that is the one that brings glory to Jesus. And the Lord gives us grace. He empowers us from heaven so that we can walk through those seasons. We can walk through those moments to hold on to him. So God, you're going to get glorified. You're going to get glorified. I tell you, sometimes the bigger miracle than a healing miracle is when you and I go through hell and yet we don't get bitter. We don't get offended. And we testify to the world that he's still good and we have hope and joy in the Lord. That speaks to unbelievers. Amen. Let's walk the talk. Not only talk it. So the last point, number four, so reveal to heal. As I said, the fire of the cross burns, cleanses us, purifies us from pride and selfishness and insecurities and competition and whatever else. The purifying fire of the cross, it changes us. Don't know how it's a mystery, but somehow, somewhere down the line, you're like, okay, I've changed. That's the power of the cross. And as I said, but the fire sometimes scorches our hearts. And you need to bring that before the Lord. You need to reveal it so that you can be healed. So ending off with this John 12, 25. It says, he who loves his life. This is Jesus speaking. Will lose it. If your life is all about you. You're going to sidestep the cross. Because why? Why on earth would you go through pain unnecessarily? Just walk away. 
But the thing is, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose your life. You're going to, you're going to fail. You're going to miss out. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And that hating the life is like, God, this is about you. That was what I was saying. 11 years of trusting in that season, I was like, God. For the sake of those on your heart, change us. Break us. Purify us. That when your resurrection comes, when your glory manifests, there's only one name that will be glorified. The name of Jesus. There will be no confusion about who was wonderful, who was glorious, who was faithful. But you can only come to that point if you go through the cross. I know it sounds a little bit crazy, but I tell you, I actually, I, I've, I've developed a taste, a love for those cross moments. It hurts like hell. It is painful. But when you have eyes to see, you embrace it. You say, purify me, Lord. Cleanse me, Jesus. Kill the pride, Lord. Be glorified, Jesus, for the sake of those stars. For the sake of the multitude that's on your heart. I tell you it's incredible. On the other side of the cross. It's freedom. It's like I don't care what people think anymore. I'm not insecure anymore. I have more joy. I have more peace. I have more faith. I've been through the cross. That is what God wants to do in each one of us. He gets the glory. When you come through the cross and he's purified you there on resurrection Sunday, he possesses us. His anointing, his power, his Holy Spirit fills us. And then the dead can be raised. Amen. The dead can be raised. The dead will be raised. That is what God wants to do. He wants to be glorified. But we have to go through the cross. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please stand with me. So don't run from the cross. Don't run from disappointments. Hold on to the Lord in the midst of it. Stay there. Trusting in Him. And then, guys, we need to, we need, you need to, you need to say it. I'm hurting. You need to say it, I'm so disappointed. You need to tell somebody so that your heart can be healed. We're moving into a resurrection season. To hold on to the cross. Hold on to Jesus. It is not the end. Come on, say it. It's not the end. It's not the end. That disappointment is not the end. That death. Of somebody, it's not the end. That failure, it is not the end. Because of God. Jesus died and rose from the dead to give you the grace, the power to stay in the cross when you need to be. And to come through it. Healed. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.